It's time for Hey.com. This is the podcast where we give you video content marketing tips to help you get your customers coming back to your videos again and again. My name is Dane Golden from Hey.com, and today we have Matt Geelin of Little Monster Media. Welcome, Matt. Hello. Thank you for having me. Now, Matt, thank you for being on. Yeah. Now, people know you from reversing the YouTube algorithm and other writings you've written about on TubeFilter and other places, and you've spoken about at VidCon and VidSummit. Uh, is that right? That, that is correct, except it's reverse engineering the YouTube algorithm. I would not want to reverse the algorithm as a whole. <laughs> Good point. Reverse engineering. That one word can mean so much. Right. <laughs> now, Matt Geelin, how do you spell your last name? Because I swear I've gotten this question from like three people. Really? No uh, one knows. No one, no one knows. No one knows how to pronounce it. You've always pronounced it correctly, but the spelling is G-I-E-L-E-N. Okay. So if people are looking you up, G-I-E-L-E-N, Matt Geelin. Yeah. Well, hopefully none of your listeners have to look me up. They already know me, but, you know. Maybe we've Take gotten back, a, yeah. one new listener. <laughs> Matt, you did something different this year at VidCon. You talked about your research into defining YouTube formats and what are the other components that work with these formats to make a successful video and a successful YouTube channel. And I wanted to ask you to talk about that a little bit today, if that's okay with you. Yeah, sure. So... Um, it really started out as a method of trying to develop content. So for our own properties that we uh, own and manage, and then for client stuff, uh, I would find myself sitting in rooms and uh, with a bunch of very creative people and just not feeling like we were getting anywhere where you know people would scratch their heads and they'd pitch things that maybe would work on TV or um, you know, had been done to death or were just slight variations on what we were already doing. And, um, you know, for, for many years, I was like, there's gotta be a better way to do this other than kind of sitting around a table and going, who's got something smart. Um, and so maybe about three years ago, it kind of, you know, um, dawned on me that if you stripped away some of the, um, surface level stuff, you could see very repeatable formats in a vast majority of YouTube content. And so I began looking around for some sort of resource on this, like, okay, tell me about all the different, you know, formats that are out there that people like to watch, that people make content in, and there just really wasn't anything. So Yeah, and you're not the first person to have a problem of knowing what to put on the channel or what what variation of and mix of content. This is a problem everyone has. I, I would uh, I would hope <laughs> if if I'm the only one I'm probably in the wrong industry. Um, if everyone else is like, yeah, no, 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 we got it, then uh, it's, it, that's a a problem on my end. So what um, did you find? So what I found was that like if you really boiled things down, there was basically eight uh, very specific formats that really encapsulated most, if not all, of the content being distributed onto YouTube, um, especially for like the independent creator. Um, now, there's definitely room for argument with with these. And someone actually asked me the other day, um, are you open to feedback on things that you write? Um, 
And no. <laughs> well, what I said was, on the stuff I write about the algorithm, I'm open to feedback solely if it's uh, data-based. Um, not like a database, but based in data. Um, and then what I said on, in regards to the taxonomy of digital content, which is what um, I'm, I'm calling this method of development or this method of understanding content, um, I'm completely open because I think it's all very subjective. Um, I'm just the only one as far as I know that's really taken a stab at it. Um, and so I, I love discussing this stuff. I love to hear people's thoughts on it because there's really kind of two reasons why I do these uh, papers and put it out there. Uh, the first is because I want to read it. And if no one else is going to write it, I might as well write it so that I know what it is because so much of my thought process gets clarified in the writing process. Mm -hmm. um, and then two, because it would be really, really helpful to creators and um, to media companies, the stuff I enjoy watching. And if they're making better stuff, stuff that feels more original um, and being more successful, um, that's helpful to everyone. That's helpful to and the industry as a whole. And it's helpful to brands, too, that are trying to come up with, with content as well. Those are what I usually work with. Yeah, exactly. Especially brands that are kind of rooted in the more traditional uh, marketing um, areas, like you know, making TV commercials and that sort of thing, where you, know, you can run commercials on YouTube, and that's great. You can do you know, branded content, brand integration, sponsored content, um, and that's all well and good, but Pretty much every brand has to be a media brand in the future uh, if we think of media brands as brands that create audiovisual content because that's what people want to engage with. They don't really want to engage with you through commercials. And you look at some of the most successful um, marketing campaigns in digital, it's all content-based, right? Like um, you look at some of the viral videos like uh, Gillette did where the guy caught the um, the baseball before it hit the reporter or David Beckham kicking a soccer ball into a trash can 50 yards away or the Dove campaigns or Red Bull or Old Spice or any of these companies, like it's all around content, not necessarily commercials. And, could, and, and what, how many, how many formats did you find? So I think there's basically eight. Um, what are they? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think they're a listicle, an explainer video, a commentary video, interview, music video, challenges, reaction, and narrative. I think those are really kind of the eight central formats on top of which types of videos are built. Okay, we went through those really fast. Let's, let's do them again slow. Listicle, mm -hmm. explainer, Explain. what else? Commentary, interview, music video, challenges, reaction, and narrative. So a listicle would be a top 10. An explainer video would be how to build a chair. Commentary video would be, um, you know, my trip to Disneyland where someone, um, you know, talks about the time they had at Disneyland and whether they liked it or not. A vlog. Uh, yes. I, I try not to say vlog when saying you don't like commentary. That well, I think a vlog is a combination format and style. I oh. don't think it's, um, I think it's a, perfectly good example of a commentary but i think that can move it to like vlog slash commentary and then you're kind of starting to um mess up with the formats where okay. it's a bit cleaner without saying vlog but whatever um the interview you know a subject is asked questions 
a music video. Uh, primary purpose of the video is for the listening to a song. Um, challenges, these could be physical challenges like um, the cinnamon challenge, uh, reaction video, you know, a bunch of kids sit around a computer and react to it. Um, and then like a narrative, that's anything that is like um, a uh, fictionalized um, video. So anything that has um, uh, narrative elements to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, yeah, I've never heard anyone really break them down all the YouTube. I mean, you, you hear this in, I think you went to film school, right? I did. I studied film at undergrad at Columbia. Yeah. So they, I mean, they'll talk about these at film school, certainly. And then you talked about a lot yeah, about that's actually, that's actually where a lot of the impetus for this came from. When, when I went to school, you know, I'd read things like story by McKee and the writer's journey and similar books that would break down films into a system of understanding. And no one has really done that in digital video as far as I could find. And I think that's a big problem. I think that's a big problem because until that begins to happen, uh, our industry will always be looked at as a, you know, quote unquote, amateur ish industry, right? Until there's like real scholarly analysis of what we're doing as a art form independent from film and TV, I think we'll, we'll be held back or looked down upon by the, the greater industry. Yeah. And, and, and you, you sort of skipped over that fast, but the book you're talking about is story by Robert McKee, which is the a Bible for many people, screenwriters and others. And he teaches, I, I guess he still teaches this seminars and, and, and also he was uh, a mythical version of him was the star of a movie called adaptation, which was really great. That um, may be one of the best movies uh, <laughs> of uh, that decade. And I, I say that knowing that um, that's the one with uh, Nick Cage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, where he... Um, He's the flower thing, right? He, he was obsessed with having no format, but then um, he kept being drawn back to format. So it's this sort of uh, storyteller's inner problem, inner conflict. Gotcha. There was a really interesting community episode about that same thing. Um, <laughs> community does such a great job of being like self self referential in that way that like if you're if you're a TV and film industry person, um, that show can really resonate with you. Yeah, yeah. Like um, the one guy, he, he he would always know the the TV meme. He would go, "Wait, is this a bottle episode?" Mm-hmm. Abed, Abed, right, 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 right. That was a great show. Yeah. Um, so you also, you, you added another layer. So once you had the format, you added a whole bunch of other things to help understand what the degree of success was. What were these other elements? Not so much degree of success as um, <clears throat> like elements in a video that could be dissected and understood and categorized. So kind of the first one is style. We should say, like, you know, the vast majority of, like, quote-unquote, online video content is done single-camera, directed camera. Now, that can be single-camera handheld. That could be single-camera stationary. It can be a mix. But the vast majority of it is done directed camera. And I didn't spend a lot of time on styles because um, the main tool of creation of content, the camera, right, is... Um, you know, over 100 years old. And the terminology around how to use a camera and what things look like and how to define that 
has been largely defined already. So yeah, people know what those are. And then there was topic. So how did you describe that? I mean, is um, it just self-evident? Yeah, topic is one of the more self-evident ones. And again, I didn't spend a lot of time on that either because it's like, well, what are you talking about? Right. It's always like right there. But there's some other thing. There was one other area that I'm super interested in in regards to this taxonomy, which is um, personality. So Mm -hmm. there's never been a major media company without characters or personalities um, at the forefront or built upon characters or personality. And um, there's definitely a lot written about character archetypes. Uh, and definitely a lot written about personality archetypes, but never in the vein of personalities as um, talent in online video. And so, you know, everyone knows like the hero, the villain, the wise old man archetypes that you see in film and TV, but in online video, that doesn't always translate. And the way I think about it is more along the lines of like, the roles people would play in like friendship circles or the way friendship circles are depicted in movies and TV. Um, because Mm -hmm. that is my basis for understanding reality apparently. Um, (laughs) so like it would be things like the hot nerd, the old guy who hangs out with the younger guys. No one really knows why he's still there, but, uh, they don't mind him and he, and he's not creepy. Right. Or Mm -hmm. the jock or the class clown or, um, you know, uh, the, um, you know, uber geek, whatever it is, um, but are are more, I think, better explained by that kind of setup as opposed to the um, typical TV and film archetypes. And then there was a couple of other elements, creativity and optimization, So creativity and optimization are like layers that go across each one of these sections. Like basically what I was trying to do was a classification model for digital video content. And the first element would be uh, like what vertical are you in, right? So that would be like automotive, fashion and beauty, uh, animals, whatever it is. And then your format and then your style and then the length of the video and then the personality and then the topic. And these are in no way meant to be um, like levels of importance, it's just how things would flow, right? So like if um, you're in the automotive vertical, there are going to be certain formats that work better in that vertical. So that comes after vertical. Um, your format is oftentimes going to influence or dictate the style of filming that you do. Um, that will influence the length. And then um, the personality can be a product of that, right? Like you might want one personality for a 10 minute video that wouldn't be as good for a one minute video, right? Or if it's uh, a listicle format, uh, direct to camera, that's going to be 20 minutes, right? That might dictate having a different personality than something that's like short and punchy or is handheld direct to camera out in the field, that kind of thing. And then the final kind of element of that classification model would be like the topic. What are you talking about in that specific individual video that day? Matt, here at Hey.com, we encourage brands to do a lot of how-to tutorials, not just about their own products, but about their expertise in their industry that people may want to search for, how to, how to learn how to do something to do their, you know, do their jobs better or live their lives better. And we call it video content marketing. 
just same as content marketing except for video. And that, that falls under your explainer category. And what should, what should brands think about when they're planning how-to or tutorial videos? Yeah, very good question. Um, first and foremost, um, you always want to think about your audience. Um, who's going to be watching this? Why are they going to be watching it? When are they going to be watching it? Because that can really help inform what the creative is. Um, the next biggest thing to think about is um, who do they want to watch? Basically, what personality do you want on camera and be very clear about that up front because it might not always just be the target consumer right like if the target consumer is the default go-to for who you want to see on screen because they would identify that person there's not necessarily anything wrong with that but there might be opportunities to do something that feels a little fresh and unique and different by um casting differently and then i don't understand um so Right. If you cast your target consumer as personality, that's probably 100 percent perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so someone uh, that looks and behaves like your target uh, customer, essentially. Right. Someone if right. I'm if I'm targeting 40 year old men, put a 40 year old man on there that has the same interests as my customers. Exactly. OK. But if you look at like Dos Equis commercials, right, with the most interesting man in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. It's an aspirational casting, not a like we only want the most interesting people in the world drinking Dos Equis. All right. right. OK. But something. So that would, that would be- yeah. But 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 definitely a character or individual or just a regular old person that would definitely interest your user group. Yeah, absolutely. And you in some instances, you might not even need to have someone actually on camera, right? We're seeing a lot of content that was originally purposed for Facebook being repurposed for YouTube and doing exceedingly well there um, for a host of reasons. But um, one of the reasons why it's doing well has nothing to do with the host because there is none. Um, It's just the vast majority of content, especially if you're doing well. Actually, how-to is one area that you could definitely get away without even having a host. Um, some of the challenge, one of the challenges for brands when they have hosts, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't, but, um, I recommend generally that they should, but is that employees change and they leave over time. And then you have some videos that are really helpful and that, that person is no longer there. And it somehow there's some sort of conflict in allegiance when that person is left for the competitor or some other career and and maybe these off-camera type of approaches might work better in some cases yeah that's that could definitely be um you know one of the value adds of not being reliant on talent you know that said um my my old boss mr fred seibert um used to famous fred (laughs) famous fred uh, you say you need to use the MTV VJ model, uh, which was basically they had a whole bunch of different people um, so that they were never too reliant on any one of them, right? Um, but then again, you could say, well, why do the Tonight Show if there's a potential that host might leave at some point, right? Uh, uh, you have to believe that um, your, your brand and the content you're going to be making has value beyond just the person in it. But to your, to your other point, yeah, it's 
it can be valuable to not be reliant on an individual for audience. But if uh, Fred Seibert says, you know, have several people, maybe you have three videos a week and three different people in your company, you know, one person's on Monday, one person's on Wednesday, one person's on Friday every week, they all become trained. And if you, one person leaves, you swap in another person because, yep. because your employees should be trained on how to do video. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, Okay. So, and then the there is one more thing, which is like from a format perspective, um, pretty much anyone can do the basic formats, right? Anyone can do like a basic explainer how-to video, and chances are, um, if you're a brand looking to make how-to explainer type content, there's probably twenty to a hundred videos already uploaded for any topic you can think of. Um, maybe not necessarily around your specific product, um, but um, certainly similar stuff. And so like part of the, the key to standing out within a vertical, um, is what we refer to as hybrid formats where you could marry an explainer video to a listicle. So, you know, 10 ways to use this tool, right. Would be, mm -hmm. right. um, combination explainer listicle video or, or something that just makes it feel a little bit different and unique from, uh, what's already out there. Fantastic. This has been really helpful, Matt. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, now will this be published somewhere at some point or how, how can people find out more at some point? It will definitely be on tube filter. Uh, um, after, uh, VidCon, I went on vacation for a week and we came back and it was July 4th week. And then we went on vacation <laughs> again for a week. So, um, I'm still sorting through all that and all right. on top of, um, you know, uh, running two companies and a whole <laughs> host of other things, eventually it will be written and distributed. I just can't guarantee when exactly that will be. And, uh, how can people find out more about you and reverse engineering the YouTube algorithm? <laughs> Um, well, if you go to tube filter and just search for my name, which, uh, we all know how to spell now, G I E L E N, you know, anytime I hear like an inflection like that, I think of back to the Howard Stern movie where he goes <laughs> W and B C. Um, <laughs> but yes, G I E L E N. Um, you can find my writings, you can follow me on Twitter, but I highly recommend that you do not not follow me on Twitter unless you are extremely liberal and progressive because I talk way more about politics than I do about YouTube on my Twitter. Um, and then uh, you can go to littlemonstermediaco.com uh, if you'd like to get in touch about um, you know building your audience on YouTube. And follow you on LinkedIn like I do. Yeah, you can, you can definitely follow me on LinkedIn. I am non-discriminatory awesome. discriminatory in who I accept connections from on LinkedIn. <laughs> that's, that's true, because you're my friend on LinkedIn. Exactly. <laughs> so, so my name is Dane Golden, and I want to thank you for listening today. WNBC. Hey.com is about helping you get your customers coming back to your videos again and again. How do you do this? By sharing your expertise. Because when you share your expertise in a way that helps your customers live their lives better or do their jobs better, you'll earn their loyalty and their trust and their business. 
Thanks to our special guest, Matt Geelin. Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube and wherever you watch social video. And please friend me on LinkedIn or just email me, help at hey.com. Until next week, here's to helping you help your customers through video.